Gase closed. Celebrate, Jets fans. Adam Gase has been fired, and the miserable Jets season is finally over. After a longer wait than anticipated, the Jets finally put out a statement Sunday night saying goodbye to Gase after two awful seasons as Jets head coach. We wrap up the Gase era, go over potential head coaching options to replace him, and talk about the good, bad, and ugly from this 2-14 Jets season. The postmark Canizero will drop by. All that and more next on the season finale of Gangs All Here from the New York Post. You play to win the game. Welcome in to the season finale of Gangs All Here, everybody. Jake Brown and Brian Costello coming at you one final time. And it's a big one today, and we'll get right into the nitty-gritty. We won't exchange any pleasantries. The Jets season is over. They lost to the Patriots, but who cares? That game meant nothing. This is the first Jets team ever to finish at that 2-14 and 14 mark. And Sunday night, we didn't have to wait till Monday morning. As we record here on Monday morning, the Jets announced... They have fired Adam Gase. They put a statement out there from Christopher Johnson. And we all knew this was coming and caused a very, you know, not a memorable era. 7-9 in 2019, 2-14 in 2020. He was the 18th head coach in Jets history. He's the third different coach in the last seven years. And the hope when Gase came here was this, was the offense would develop and Sam Darnold would develop as a quarterback. The offense was last in the league and Sam Darnold regressed and now might be on his way out with Gase. Who knows? But the Darnold era could be over. Gase's era is over. And this was, you know, two years of, of ineptitude. Now, they they had a nice second half last year, Kaz, finishing 6-2, and two, having a respectable record. But coming out 0-13 this year was all about draft picks. The team won a few games, showed a little fight in them. But overall, this team underperformed by a mile. And there was no way Adam Gase was going to make it anything past two years with what he put out there. Yeah, Jake, I mean, that sums it up. <laughs> they, they, you know, the record was told the whole story, really. You know, he, Adam went nine and 23 as the Jets coach, which that's unacceptable. And they had to make a change. Uh, you know, this wasn't all Adam Gase. The roster stinks. And I think going forward, you realize they, there's a lot of work that they have to do. And the fact that they are even asking the question after three years and at 23 years old, that they should move on from Sam Darnold tells you they don't have a quarterback. Even that you're asking that question. So while Gase is going to take the bullet here, I think there's a lot more wrong with the Jets organization than just Adam Gase. But I don't think he'd argue that he couldn't be kept after this season. They, they, you know, they, they were they were going to be bad. I thought they were going to be bad. I didn't think they were going to be 0 and 13 bad, number one pick discussion bad, and end up being two and 14. Uh, I don't think anyone saw that coming. Now they they got to move on, and the coaching search begins. Uh, and you know, Jets fans should get some hope again. I don't know if it'll, it'll be realized <laughs> if they'll they'll get it right this time but um you know at least you're, you're got you got rid of adam gase which is what uh, what most jets fans wanted for a long time now and we'll see what joe douglas can do yeah cause it's a fresh start it feels nice you know new year new me new coach maybe i'll hit the gym maybe i'll start eating a little better uh you know the end of the year you just start eating like crap and just start eating whatever comes at you i was just eating cookies and pizza and yesterday at taco bell so you know new year new me new coach new quarterback potentially we'll get into that in a little bit a uh, new roster lots of money to spend with Joe Douglas and you know Joe Douglas has to get it right here you know he didn't choose Adam Gase so now he's got his chance to hand pick the quarterback that he wants guys and that's key you want a head coach in sync with the GM
him. I don't know if that was always the case here since he didn't get to yeah, pick him. Adam Gase hired Joe Douglas. I mean, that, that was not the problem here. They, they, those two were very, very tight, and they worked well together. So that wasn't the issue. I mean, Gase hired Douglas, which if Douglas ends up working out as GM, Jake, that's going to be Gase's legacy is that he brought you Joe Douglas if, if he's the guy who can actually turn this around. So you're saying we're going to have to thank Adam Gase after all, after all this. If, if Douglas works out. Yeah. If Douglas doesn't work out, then you can blame Adam Gase for something else. <laughs> Joe Douglas <laughs> can be his parting gift. But, you know, this this organization has had some bad GM coach marriages with Rex and Idzik and Bulls and McCagnan wasn't good. That wasn't the case here. That wasn't the problem. The problem was just it was a lot of other things on the field, not really the off the field stuff. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's scary that the, the real memory to think of Adam Gase, and I hate to say this, is the video from the press conference. I mean, the tacos that they put around him. Like, what what were their memorable moments were there? A lot of the post-games were a lot of the same things he would say. I'll give him credit for this, Kaz, and, you know, this thing didn't blow up. No, You didn't see guys coming out pointing fingers. You didn't see guys going to the media and saying this and that. And, and you know, COVID had played a part in this. These guys aren't going out. They're staying in. You know, everything media-wise is Zoom. You guys aren't in the locker room, so... That relationship is different than usual, so that does play a part, but you got to give him credit that, you know, in, in a season when you start 0-13, usually something happens. You know, some guy does something. Some guy says something, and you didn't see a ton of that. Maybe you saw it with Alex Lewis that that Alex was kind of kept yeah, on around. Alex Lewis the only one, Jake, but and that obviously they, you know, he, he went away to get help, so that, that was a little more serious situation than normal, but yeah, I agree with you. I think the media not being in the locker room helped that situation, but more telling to me than even media finger pointing was that they won two games in December, much to your chagrin and, and costing you Trevor Lawrence. But I think it showed that they were still together and still playing hard uh, in December. The search begins for a new head coach. I mean, we're not going to talk forever about Adam Gase. There just wasn't enough to talk about. I mean, bad start to the season, like one and seven and oh, and 13 is going to put your team, give, give them no shot to do anything in the second half of the season. I know they were kind of in it when, you know, once they were one and seven, they made a little run and made things interesting, and then the Ravens game really put them out of their misery last season. Um, but for they were essentially out of it when they were 1-7. and seven. So it was over eight games in. You knew the Jets weren't going to be a contender late in the season pretty much both these years. And now they move on, and you know it begins with Douglas and also team president Jaime Elhai. Can you let the listeners know about him? Because he hasn't spoke to the media, so I don't think fans really know about him. Yeah, Jaime is a guy who's been with the Jets for 21 years. He's kind of a good one of these good, like, low level higher uh, guys who've now rose to team president stories. You know, he's one of those. He's been with the Jets forever. He was a, um, a lawyer, worked his way up general counsel for the Jets. And then he got kind of more and more duties through the years. And I can't remember what year it was, 2016, 2017, somewhere around there, he started getting more involved with football. And I know fans might worry about a business guy or a lawyer being involved with football, but Jaime actually played college football. And he's a pretty good guy at bridging the gap between football and business. Like, you know, I've been around enough got football guys they roll their eyes sometimes at these team presidents Jaime doesn't get that Jaime's respected they made him the team president in the summer of 2019 he was involved in the hiring of Adam Gase he was involved in the hiring of Joe Douglas he was involved in both of those searches but he actually was promoted officially to team president I think in the summer of 19 he's a good guy he knows a lot of people around the league so I think that will help because I think to me that's the key in these coaching searches is who you know and who can give you good advice around the league and that was something Mike McCagnan just didn't seem to know anyone around the NFL. So I worried about that in the last coaching search. This coaching search, Jaime and Joe Douglas both know a lot of people. They both have are very good people persons. <laughs> and so I think the Jets will, you know, will have that going for them in this search. And I would don't be I someone tweeted at me last night they were worried about Jaime Elhai. 
they'll be worried about him. This is this is the Joe Douglas show. Jaime and Christopher are there to kind of help him along in picking someone, but this is the Joe Douglas decision here. Can you let us know what's going on with Woody Johnson? Because he isn't he returning from his ambassador role in a few weeks, and isn't he going to be part of this decision at some point? It's not clear yet, Jake, uh, but he, I don't think he's going to be too involved in this decision. So he his term runs through January 20th, through inaugur- Inauguration Day. So he's out as ambassador after that. But that doesn't necessarily mean he's running back here to run the Jets. Uh, you know, from people I talked to, he's got a young son. Um, his son's might be a teenager now, but but he's he's young. He's in school. He's going to school over there. Woody really likes it over there. There's a lot of people that that aren't sure Woody's going to rush back here to run the Jets. And Christopher likes running the Jets. He likes this role, and he I think he wants to remain um, out front and not go back into the background. So it's not clear yet. But in terms of this search, Jake, I don't think Woody's going to have a big role. I'm sure he's going to be kept abreast of everything, and I'm sure Christopher is going to let him know what's going on. And you know, will he have input? He probably will have some some input, but I, you know, I don't think he's going to be uh, that involved with this at all. And guys, this is a big decision, man, for this franchise. Three coaches seven years there's been so much turnover i mean the fact they've had 18 coaches and you look at teams like the steelers who have had a handful i mean it's unbelievable and like mike tomlin being there forever and you see sean payton being there forever you see bill belichick you see these teams in the playoffs have had coaches for long periods of time and the jets don't have that the jets also now own the longest drought in, in the nfl thanks to the browns winning for the first time getting in the playoffs for the first time since the bush presidency in 2002 it's been 18 years and they make it and now the jets stand alone as that team who has not made the playoffs in a decade so this is a big decision let's let's take a look at you know some of the names it's early on but this is our season finale our next show, we expect to come at you when they probably hire a head coach, unless there's a Darnold trade that happens in the coming weeks or Darnold news. Well, obviously, we'll bring you that, but otherwise, we expect the next show to be a coach. So, you know, you wrote some of the guys. Obviously, there's more out there, and, you know, none of this is official. Can you take us kind of through the process here of, of when we'll know, you know, who the Jets are talking to? The next few days, Jake, I mean, there'll be news later. Let's say we're recording this Monday morning. There'll be news later Monday of who they're requesting. So, they, you know, a team has to request permission from another team to interview one of their coaches. And usually that news gets out. Now, the college coaches are a little trickier, Jake. You know, there's no process there. They, they just call the agent up and ask them to talk to them. And a lot of times the college coaches do not want that getting out because they're recruiting high school kids right now. And the last thing, you know, they want is, you know, Jimmy and walking into Jimmy's lo- uh, living room and next week, or I guess on COVID times, they don't do that. But talking to this this kid and he says, hey, I heard you're interviewing for the Jets. So, you know, I'm going to go to the other school. So college coaches are a little tougher. We might not know all those names, but in terms of like Eric Bieniemy or Brian Dayball or Wake Martindale, the Ravens, it's guys who are assistants right now. We'll hear those names. And um, the Zoom interview, they're going to do the first round of of interviews over zoom or microsoft teams whatever platform it is so they should start this week jake and you know teams who are not in the playoffs those guys can start talking right now eric Bieniemy could talk right now because he's a buy anyone on kansas city or green bay and then the other coaches who are playing this week have to wait till next week to do interviews and like i said the first round will be virtual so i think the jets will interview a bunch of guys and then i think they're, they'll narrow their list to a few guys that they want to bring to florham park and meet in person and make a decision but I think this could be a few weeks, Jake. Uh, you know, I talked to some people last night and the Jets want to make sure that they're deliberate about this and take their time. I think they feel they rushed the last time when they hired Gates. They were worried about other teams. And even with Todd Bowles, they, they did that. They were And uh, another thing, Jake, talking to people, they felt, um, you know, that last time they were they were laser focused on an offensive coach. 
they, they felt that that was a priority and they, they think that's kind of where they screwed up this time they want to cast a wide net talk to offensive coaches defensive coaches college coaches anybody that, that they think could lead this team so i think they'll they'll be talking to a lot of people yeah and we talked all season cause about a ceo like head coach there's not a ton out there if you go in that direction, I mean, a guy you didn't write about, but obviously people have mentioned he's a big name, is Bill Cower. Is he a guy that if he says, yeah, I'll come to the Jets and be your coach, you know, probably going to need a blank check to get him. But any intrigue in Bill Cower? Has he been out of the league too long? Yeah, right? he's been out of the league so long, Jake. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, I, I would never say no to anyone, like, to, to, to interview. Maybe talk to him. But, I mean, Bill Cower's on the record saying he does not want to coach. So I don't think that's a real thing. All right, so coordinator-wise, you, you threw out a couple of the guys there. Uh, Debole, Martindale, Lincoln Riley is a head coach. You talked about college coaches who we won't know yet. Robert Sala, who did a great job with the Niners defense, who it seems like their whole roster uh, got hurt the whole season. And he still did a pretty decent job. And they always show that guy in camera. He is always hyped up. He seems like he could be a CEO-like head coach if he got a job. He just has that demeanor to him. Uh, Leslie Frazier, like a lot of these guys you mentioned, they're playing this week. So Frazier and and Eberflus and, and Martindale and Arthur Smith and what he's done with the Titans offense and Derrick Henry in that run game and transforming Ryan Tannehill. Is there any of those coordinators to you and enemy like you mentioned, that stand out, Joe Brady, uh, you know, guys who are jobless right now, Bill O'Brien and Marvin Lewis, I don't see them going that route, but, you know, we're just throwing names out there, the guys that are out there. Is there a name, one or two names to you that you say, you know what, that would be the guy that turns the Jets around? No, I don't think you can make that decision, Jake, without talking to them. You know, like that's, I know everyone wants an answer on this stuff, but there's a reason they do interviews. Like they, they've got to, they got to figure this out. This is on them to, to talk to people and, and figure it out. And I honestly, some of these guys I know, some of them I know about, but I haven't really started digging in on all of them yet and, and talking. Like, you know, I kind of do my own process where I talk to a lot of people. Brian Dayball intrigues me because of what Josh Allen has become, Jake. Like, he's turned him around, and I think Dayball deserves a lot of credit there. I, the question with Dayball to me is, is he a head coach? I'm not I'm not sure. I don't know what his demeanor is in front of the team. I don't know how you know if he's a great leader. Whenever Joe Douglas is involved in a decision, you got to keep an eye on Baltimore because that's where he's from. That's where his roots are. Are. He Ozzie Newsom is basically his football father. So if Ozzie Newsom comes to Joe Douglas and says, you know what, Wink Martindale, their defensive coordinator, his real name is Don Jake, but they, everyone calls him Wink. Wink Martindale, this is the guy. This guy's going to be a great head coach in the NFL. You should hire him, Joe. I think ca that carries a lot of weight with Joe Douglas. So if that happens, you know, keep an eye on Wink Martindale. I can see him getting the job. But you know, to me, this is this is really wide open, Jake. I don't think there's any one guy that you can label the favorite right now. Yeah, and Martindale. I mean, he's only been a defensive coordinator in the NFL for four years. He's at three years with Baltimore now, and a year with the Ravens and he's been a here's linebackers what, coach for a while. Here's what with Martindale, I think he's going to help him for some, in some people's eyes and hurt him in other people's eyes. He's going to remind you of Rex. All right. He's a Ravens defensive coordinator. He's got a mullet. He's got this long mullet. He's got a big belly. Um, he's got a belly and he's not quite as big a personality as Rex, but he's got a personality. He, you know, he's kind of, he'll come in here and say they're going to win the Super Bowl, that kind of stuff. And he'll come in and, and do that. So he reminds a lot of people of Rex. And so depending on your point of view, that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> so I'm in. Um, if he's anything like Rex, I'm in. If he's got a mullet, he's got a gut and he has some confidence, I'm in. I already like yeah. the nickname Wink. 
I don't know how he got that nickname, <laughs> but I'm all in on my coach being called Wink. Are you are you familiar with the original Wink Martindale, Jake? You're a little young. I'm too young for that. Yeah. yeah. Wink Martindale was a game show host in the 70s uh, and, and 80s, I think. Yeah. What, so what show? Uh, he hosted a bunch of game shows. Look it up. Look, you, you, you use the Google machine to look it up. Yeah. But Martindale. yeah, that's so. So that's so. I get, I imagine anyone named Martindale in this country who's a male. Oh, that Wink. guy. Yes, I do know him. Yes, I've oh, seen him. I'm trying to think of the game show that he was on here. Uh, he did a lot. He yeah, did a lot of them. I've seen him. I feel like I've turned on Game Show Network and I've seen his face. He was on CBS Game Show Gambit. Tic Tac Doe. Tic Tac Doe is a great game uh, show. We got to talk. Mark Canizaros probably knows the history of Tic Tac Doe. <laughs> that was probably his. Is that was his Price Is Right back in uh, the 70s. Um, all right, so I'm in. Let's go. Wink, wink. Bring him. To, bring him to the Jets. Uh, but yeah, it's, I mean, names will come out and you guys, you know, read Kaz's stories in the post and, uh, stay up to date on that. Obviously right now it's a lot of those coordinators. So we'll see. I mean, it's a lot, it's too much, it's too much to speculate now until we really know names. We can't really, I mean, you could throw out a billion names. We don't know if the Jets are going to be interested, but this is a big decision to try and turn the franchise around on Sunday. You know, it was hard to tune into that game. Let's be real. There was so much action around the NFL. The Giants game was incredible. And then later at night, Doug Peterson deciding to just give up on his team. And, you know, a couple of his players staying on the field after the game. I mean, just furious at their coach just kind of quitting on them by putting in one of the league's worst ever backup quarterback. And said, I'm sorry, but that guy is a terrible quarterback. Gives you no chance to win. So that made no sense. So Giants fans are mad. Jets fans are happy because the season one is over and Gase is gone. I think not having to watch these games, I mean, it's a relief to me on, on Sunday, Kyle. I won't need to to drink on Sundays now. Now I could, <laughs> I, I could do my laundry. I could get some errands done. I could do old people things. I You know, become an adult on Sundays. Playoffs should be fun. AFC's got a lot of good teams, too. A lot of 11-5 teams. I'm excited to see what the Browns do. Wouldn't mind if they go on a run. So a lot of yeah, good... Yeah, and the Browns, Jake, like you mentioned it before, I was going to say, you mentioned you know, they ended this, this drought, and now the Jets have long shot. The Browns are an example of a team who kept firing, hiring, firing, hiring, firing, hiring, firing, coaches, GMs, in and out, and it kind of became a punchline, but it looks like they got it right, finally. And I think their previous GM, I think John Dorsey, did a good job of building that roster, and I think Kevin Stefanski's done a good job this year coaching them. So I know everyone's a fan of stability, but the Browns have kind of shown that taking a bunch of cracks at it until you get it right is, is also a way to go. Yeah, hell of a first year for Stefanski. I mean, don't expect the Jets coach to come in and take them to the playoffs next year, as we, we discussed last week. Well, remember, too, Jake, the Browns had were 0-16 and 1-15. You know, they, they drafted number one back-to-back years, right? Yeah, they get Miles Garrett, yeah. and they, they get Brett Baker Mayfield. And, look, John Dorsey did a great job trading for Jarvis Landry, trade for Odell Beckham. They added a lot of talent there. The Browns have, Browns have a much, much better roster than the Jets have. Yeah, and I would like a quarterback with the moxie that Baker has. I know a lot of people don't like it, and the crotch grabbing and the flag po- posting in the middle of the field in college. You know, all the things that come with Baker, you know, I, I, I could live with a quarterback that's not in a billion progressive commercials throughout the game, but I think having a quarterback with moxie and, you know, this season was a failure. Sam Darnold was a failure. And we, I mean, we don't, I don't need to ask you. We've said it. We think this is the end of the Sam Darnold era, another bad game. And the fact that his season high cause, I mean, was what 266 yards, two bad picks. Just, I mean, making a Patriots defense that has not been good look good. I mean, making a Patriots team look good. And how about Cam Newton? who said five passing touchdowns all year, has three in one game. I mean, they make Cam Newton look like he's back taking the Panthers to the Super Bowl, and Dave Gettleman's the GM in Carolina again. I mean, that was wild to see the Jets' defense make Cam look that good. And just a telling tale of 
what was a lost season as we look at the good, the bad, the ugly. We don't really need to talk about Sunday's game, but as we look at the season as a whole before we get to Mark Canizero, Kaz, the positives, you take Makai Becton. The one thing about him is that, again, he got hurt on Sunday. Something's got to happen with his conditioning. I, I don't know if he has to lose weight because you're an offensive lineman. You're supposed to be big. But he's got there's, – there's something wrong with him. He he got hurt at least, what, four times this season? Here's the thing, Jake. You're not supposed to be six foot six, 370 pounds as a human being. Like, that's just not – that's just not normal. Like, yeah. look look around. Like, he's he is, you know, he has a freakish size. And I do think he probably needs to lose some weight. I don't even know what he weighs right now, Jake. 370 was the beginning of the year. I, guys usually put on weight as the season goes on. I don't know if that's – the reason, you know, he sprained his ankle yesterday. Everyone sprains their ankle. But I do think the Jets are going to kind of tell him, like, you got to get down a little bit more, you, you know, even 350. And and he'll learn. I mean, I, I still saw him say in an interview recently, like, taking care of your body is something they never told him about in college. You know, that, that's something new to the NFL. He learned in the NFL. And look, Quinn Williams, who I think is another bright spot, Jake, and we forget about a little bit because he's not playing, didn't play the end of the season. But from year one to year two, Quinn kind of figured it out. That he had to get in shape because he wasn't he wasn't big like Makai. He was only he's only three hundred pounds, but he was he was like very soft, I would say, in, in two thousand nineteen body wise. And so he and he really committed himself to nutrition and and working out. And he came back this year in better shape, and it showed. And I think Makai is kind of probably going to do that. And this is going to be his first real off season as a pro, Jake. You know, last year was most most of the time was draft season, so. He was worried about the combine. Now they, he can really zero in on nutrition, and hopefully the COVID will will let these guys come back in the building at some point to work out. Uh, and you know the, the strength coaches can work with him and, and get him in better shape. Yeah, how about being a rookie in the NFL? Your first true offseason is still COVID filled. I mean, at least until like April, May. We don't know how much longer, but yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned it, and these guys are getting paid handsomely to do that condition. Stay in shape, get in better shape, get stronger. In college, they weren't getting paid for this. They were doing college. They were taking classes. You know, they're 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 drinking jungle juice. They're getting stoned. They're they're eating. They got munchies. They're, they're living a college person's lifestyle, cause and to change to a professional and get paid millions. I mean, in college, you, you know, you're not you know you don't have the money to really you know eat well and and take care of your nutrition and worry about that much about your body when you're already that big. So now he's got a whole off season to dedicate himself to that. Um, so I'm looking forward to see what Beckton does because, listen, he is highway 77. He is a beast when he's out there. And if you can have him be a DeBrickishaw Ferguson, clearly he's not. He's never going to be as durable as Brick was, you know, as you always say, never ending up on the injury report. That's not going to happen with Beckton. But you need him out there 16 games, guys. You can't have anything less. So he's one positive. Um, our guy, Foley Fatukasi, friend of the program now, is a positive against the run. He might be a part of the future of this team. Otherwise, on that defense, guys, Quinn Williams was pretty good this season. Otherwise, outside of those two guys, there's going to be a lot of work. I mean, cornerbacks helping the linebackers. Neville Hewitt, maybe you could say, is a guy that's a part of this future. Outside of that, this defense, at least, is going to need a revamping. And that's, if you look at the bad and the ugly, you put the defense right in that category. Yeah, and I would, I would bring back Marcus May. Jake, I'd throw yeah, him in yep. there. I'd, he's a free agent. I'd re-sign him. And you're getting C.J. Mosley back. Who knows what he's going to look like Will after they keep him? Years. Do you think they cut him as a cap casualty, or do you think he comes no, back? No, 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 no. They okay. can't cut him. Yeah. His contract wouldn't let, uh, wouldn't allow that. So he'll be back. I just don't know what he's going to look like after two years away. They'll get him back. and We've seen it for yeah. what? A single half. That's all we've seen. No, he played well, – 
three quarters against Buffalo, quarters. and then he played a full game against New England on that Monday night, but he basically couldn't run. Right. Okay. I forgot <laughs> about was, that game. Yeah. Yeah. He was basically on one leg. The ghost game, he played that game, but he, he couldn't run. So, yeah, you've seen him for seven quarters, I think it is. Um, Unbelievable. But, yeah, so, like, you know, maybe maybe he comes back and plays great, Jake. I, I mean, at least, at least he's going to be a leader, you know, and I thought that really – hurt them this year when he opted out uh it's not something we talk about a lot but he was he was the leader of the defense especially after they traded jamal he was going to be the guy and then he opts out so that hurt them yeah i mean i'm just looking at his contract jake if they were if they wanted if you want to cut him uh it's 20 million dollars in dead dead money we'll see we'll see you next year cj (laughs) yeah yeah so he'll be back so yeah he has he is uh you know he has a cap figure of 7.5 million in 2021 and then 17.5 million in 2022 and then they could cut him after 22 that's when they could cut him so he's here for two more years unless they can find someone to to trade for him i I love the signing so i would love to see him actually play a damn game so yeah he if if he could you're right i mean he might have made a difference he might have won them one or two more games single-handedly he's he came here with that much hype, so they need to get something out of him. So I guess you look at that as a positive from the defense, but he didn't play this year. So all right, so Marcus May, CJ, Quinn Williams, Foley Fadzikasi. Maybe you see mo- more from Bryce Hall next season, but he's not probably not going to be a starter. Well, I think you, what I think you need, Jake. Like in my opinion, you saw some guys make some strides this year. You want them on the team. You don't necessarily want them as day one starters. So like. You know, I think Basham did a lot of good things. Uh, you know, I'm not sure should he be a thousand play guy. You know, I thought Frankie Lulu showed some stuff at the end of the year. I might make you pay him. I got to order the jersey. I got to order the jersey tomorrow. That's yeah, right. but not. But again, not. You know, he's not a, a building block. So yeah, and cornerback, uh, I'd put a lot of work in cornerback if I was Joe Douglas. You know, he's got to figure that out. Whether it's free agents. Free agency, the draft, they, they need they need cornerback help desperately. Yeah, and if it, it rhymes with uh, Zubain Hansen, don't sign them. Uh, <laughs> no one, no $72 million contracts handed out to cornerbacks again. So cornerbacks, all right, that's the defense. Uh, before we go to offense, special teams, please get a new kicker. Please get a reliable kicker. You know, Sam Ficken was okay, but I don't want any Sergio Castillos. I mean, they already messed up, you know, not taking Jason Myers seriously, who has been fantastic with Seattle. But I think you got to get a reliable kicker. I don't know who that is. I don't know if there's a kicker out there. But get someone that you could trust. Get a kicker. You have a punter in Braden Man and a great tackler as well in Braden Man. So that you're set at that position, but special teams – Got to take kicker serious, guys. Wow, we're, we've already hit kicker, huh, Jake? We've already reached that Just part saying, of the offseason. It's important, man. I think they didn't put enough stock into it, and right, not that it mattered right this year. but The Jets don't have a head coach. They probably don't have a quarterback, and Jake is worried about the kicker. Kickers, baby. It's Lawrence Tynes. He has a he has a bad effect on me. I love kickers. Man. Yeah, I guess so. Your Giants yeah. probably yeah, I mean, they, they need a kicker. They, they cut Ficken on Saturday, Jake, which was, I was surprised me. Chase McLaughlin was the kicker yesterday, which will be a great stump the cause question for Alex someday. Who was the kicker in week 17 for the Jets in the 2020 finale in, in New England? Yeah, and 10, 10 years later, the show. I mean, we'll see if Alex <laughs> stops crying by then now that the, the Dolphins have oh, missed the playoffs. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, to a T, God, he looked awful. And the Bills just, you know, put up a billion points. Um, so the Dolphins are out of the playoffs. They were a fun story, but, you know, the ASC was just too good this year. I mean, the fact you had to be 11-5 and five is just insane considering the 7-9 and nine Washington football team is making the playoffs in the NFC. Um, all right, and on offense, before we – let's wrap it up on the, this, the offense – I thought about this yesterday, a name we haven't brought up, and if he became available, he passes anyone on my list. And that's oh, if, passes Trubisky? Passes Trubisky? Pass Trubisky. 
Pass Mitchell Trubisky. He's number one on my list if you can get him. Matthew Stafford, your thoughts. It's interesting, Jake. Somebody emailed me about him and told me to ask you about him on the show, and I forgot last week. Really? Yeah, yeah. Someone emailed me. A loyal listener emailed me and said, Matthew Stafford. I I, I mean, I would be really surprised, one, if Detroit is going to move on from him in terms of letting him go. I could see Detroit drafting a quarterback to, to kind of – bring up behind him and then two i i would think they'd have to trade stafford right is that what yeah it would, he would have to be traded yeah his contract i haven't looked at his contract and he'll be 33 two days after me aquarius yeah, so guy february 7th he's really yeah. still somewhat in the prime i mean 33 for a quarterback is not that old yeah here's the here's the problem i think with the stafford thing he's been a very good detroit lion right he's been there since 2009 i think if they do decide that they're going to trade him i think he will they will give him a lot of say in where he goes right now now jake if you're if you're matthew stafford and they're like we're gonna trade you to the jets i mean that's like being sent to siberia i don't think that's gonna be where where, where stafford would want to go and i think if detroit has options you know they, they don't have to do this but I, I think they do right by him he's been a good citizen and a good player for them i think they'll probably try to trade him somewhere where he can win uh a super bowl and that's not the jets right now i could be wrong but from the jets perspective jake yeah i would i would think about stafford um, i like him over fields i like him over trubisky i like him over Brissett. i like him over with zach wilson because he you know he's been there and i, I know he's gonna need a lot of guys around him considering the the roster right now is not great but you know he, he's a proven quarterback i would he be if if they could get him, say, you know, what would it cost? Maybe Darnold in a second round pick. Maybe they take Darnold in Detroit. Maybe. Um, I mean, but his cap number is thirty three million. You know, you're you're taking on an older quarterback, Jake. He's got three more years left on his contract, but it looks like the last year is, is a fake year to me. We're just looking at it right now. Yeah, I mean, that's a different direction. I don't. I'd rather see the Jets build around a young quarterback. So I, you know, I think if you like Justin Fields or, or Zach Wilson or Trey Lance or one of these guys, you, you, you're the better route is to build around one of them rather than bring Stafford in for a lot of money. Um, and hey, Fields and, outplay Trevor Lawrence, so he had a great six touchdowns. He had a hell of a game. So right, he put he yeah. put good tape out there. He's got one more uh, one more showing in the championship game. One more showing, and I think, you know, if he can play like he did the other night, what he did, Jake, is not only, you know, if you're the Jets thinking about taking him at number two and improve his stock, he improved the value of that number two pick. Because I think I've said to you, I, I one of my big questions is, like when people say, oh, the Jets should trade the pick, is is there a quarterback that people are going to want to trade up for, trade up to number two and give the Jets a ransom for? I didn't think there was. Now I think maybe there is, because I think Fields probably opened some eyes. I'm sure there's some GMs that fell in love with him watching that game. And if the Jets don't fall in love with him, maybe they can trade that number two pick and get a lot of picks for it. And Detroit sits at number seven. So if the Jets did some kind of swap, put a little Darnold there, a little Stafford, maybe give us a cornerback, something, uh, I'm in. So I think my my list would be of favorites would be one, Stafford, two, I like Marcus Mariota. I like him over Trubisky. Where's Mitch? I don't know if Mitch is going to make my Mount Rushmore of a 2021 oh. Jets quarterback. He's definitely in my top 10, but so two, uh, two is him. Three is Fields, just for the fact of, you know, if you stay at two, you're probably going to take a quarterback and he might be the guy. Four, I guess you say, is is Wilson, and then maybe five is my guy Mitch, who's going to the playoffs. Let's go, Mitch. Um, although I think the Bears at this point might end up bringing him back. So that's that's my top five, Kaz. But that's that's the key. I mean, we, we, let's wrap it on the offense. Is quarterback was bad. You know, Denzel Mims, you saw positive signs. That might be a good pick. So there's a positive. Jamison Crowder was their leading receiver this year uh, with just 699 yards. So, I mean, they didn't get much of, out of him. And then, 
a telling sign of this Jets season, cause is Braxton Barrios was second with 394 yards. I mean, we didn't even think he would play much this year, and he was their second leading receiver. So that tells you about the offense. Frank Gore, that tells you more about the offense, was their leading rusher. Um, he's not part of the future. So that's your telltale sign. Some injuries with Becton. Uh, you need upgrades at offensive line, a different quarterback. You need you need help from Michael P. Ryan and get another running back. And obviously, you're going to need playmakers and and even tight end. You got to look at. I know Chris Herndon had a nice game or two, but uh, you might need help at tight end as well. Maybe a guy like Hunter Henry. This is going to be a Noah's Ark offseason, Jake. They need two of everything, so that's what this is. It's Noah's Ark for Joe Douglas. And one thing I just want to say about Sam Darnold, Jake, with because you're still the you know oh build around them new coach. Last night, as I was you know after I finished writing, I flipped on uh, Red Zone and was watching the end of that Texans Titans game. Did you see that? Jake, did you see the end of that game? Uh, yeah, close yeah, it was a good shootout. Yeah, but I was watching. I was watching Deshaun Watson, and he's out there, and he, you know, he's got nothing around him right now. Right, they, they're banged up. They don't have a lot of their offensive linemen are hurt. They Chad Hansen, a former Jets draft pick, was a wide receiver in that game for him, and he is just like willing the Texans down the field and into that game and trying to win that game. That's what it looks like, Jake. That's what a franchise quarterback looks like. So, like, because we, we, it's hard to compare Sam Darnold to like Patrick Mahomes because he has Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and all these weapons. But Deshaun Watson didn't have that around him yesterday. I get it. I get why people are like, oh, Sam hasn't been given a fair shake. I just don't think he's ever going to look like that, Jake. I don't think he's ever going to look like Deshaun Watson. And that's what the Jets need. And so there's, there's going to be a lot of arguments made to keep him. But I think the Jets would be better off going in a different direction. And you got to keep taking swings at the franchise quarterback until you find one. Yeah, Deshaun Watson was making a 4-11 team look like a playoff team in a meaningless game. That's all you need to know. He's a guy that, I mean, I've said this since it happened. I was pissed off at the moment it happened. I said, pick, pick Watson, pick Watson, pick Watson. And they didn't take him. So the Jets had their chance at Deshaun Watson, and they missed out. And God, would this team look so much better with Deshaun Watson throwing a Jameson Crowder and Denzel Mims. I mean, this, this is probably a 6-7 win team with Deshaun Watson at quarterback. potential. That's how good he is and how much of a difference he makes. Um, all right, so we'll see where they go at quarterback. We think they should move on. We, we've laid out the candidates. We've laid out the coaching candidates. Kaz, uh, we'll talk with Mark Canizero next, but uh, it's been a fun season trying to roll through it. Alex Camerata, shout out to you, uh, stumping the Kaz uh, twice. Not that was not a great success rate, um, but uh, don't, don't poke him, Jake, because now he's going to be looking. You know, he's going to be he's going to be looking at the Titan stuff to throw things at me. Yeah, I'm gearing up for next year. I got something. Oh, oh, is Alex here? I, I don't see him. I, I thought I thought you were heavy in the bottle, Alex, this morning after oh, the, the yeah, yeah. Alex, what happened in Buffalo? Nothing good, I could tell you that. It was not good. I mean, they were in the game for about a quarter. Josh Allen played longer than I think anybody expected. But yeah, I mean, it was a lot of uh, Mac Hollins running around and Isaiah Ford and no help across the board. I mean, it was tough. They needed Fitzmagic to be Jeff Nelson, not Mariano Rivera. He had to come in earlier than the ninth inning. He, you needed uh, Fitz. It's too bad he had COVID, but you needed him in the second quarter of that game, not the fourth. To it, Jeez. To it, to it not a... Not a complete game pitcher jake that's what we've learned to a two is not a guy that's going to give you a lot of innings yeah and like cause like you said it could take some time to keep you know swinging at the franchise quarterback yeah game. they, they oh, thought them interesting remember you guys mentioned the texans they have the number three pick from yeah this year so that's huge for them i mean they i'd they be surprised if they gave up on two so quickly but a lot of people are saying that a lot of people are saying i look for the dolphins take a qb at three um i don't know i think you should give two a year uh, there are some signs and, you know, he came in a weird year. He was getting replaced. So, 
I'd like to see a full season with him at the helm without, you know, uh, Fitzmagic coming in to try and save him every week. All right. Well, it's we made we made a miserable jet season fun at times. So I'm happy for that. And a guy who always makes things fun is is the leader of the uh, Bruce Springsteen fan club, Mark Canizero. We'll talk with him next for a few minutes about Adam Gase and the next Jets head coach right here on Gangs All Here. Joining us next is longtime New York Post football and sports columnist Mark Canizero. Can uh, Adam Gase is gone? Is Rich Kotite one and Adam Gase two as the top two uh, worst coaches in Jets history? Well, if you look at the record, uh, I would say yes, that's probably correct. Uh, but you might want to look back to Lou Holtz for his brief stint. That wasn't so good either back in the day. But yeah, it's been a bad two years with Gates, without question. Uh, the team didn't progress. Uh, most importantly, Sam Darnold didn't progress, and that's the reason Gates was hired in the first place. So you'd have to say it was definitely a failed mission. Yeah, okay. I mean, we could dissect it with Jake, and I dissected a lot of the different stuff that went wrong. But it seems to just go everything is basically the easiest way to answer it. Um, what can what do you think the priority should be right now in the coaching search? What do you think Joe Douglas should be trying to find in the next Jets head coach? Well, I mean, that's the $65,000 question, right? Cause I mean, it's, you know, you look at these the coordinators and there's some really good candidates out there. Obviously Eric Bieniemy from Kansas city, you know, has, has been kind of knocking on the door for a number of years and it'll be a shock if he doesn't have kind of the pick of a litter uh, for some of these jobs. But do we really know how good he is as a, as a leader of an entire team? I, you know, it's, it's so hard. You know, I think Brian Dayball is a guy who is very well liked by his players and has kind of done a little bit of everything in the league other than be a head coach but he's never been a head coach before you know the Bills offensive coordinator and he's obviously done a great job developing Josh Allen up there in Buffalo you know same thing you know you look at Robert Sala from the Niners you know I mean the the energy you watch him on the sidelines and he's a guy that you want leading your team right if you're just looking at visuals but do we really know if he's you know can handle an entire team so I mean I'm not I will never profess to be an expert on these things so I right now I couldn't say that I have one particular person that I think is the the end-all solution. But the one thing I do believe, and I think we've all been writing this for a while, is is they need to find somebody to, to use that phrase that we've all been using, who's the CEO of the entire organization, the face, you know, the face of the franchise, so to speak, and somebody who's going to be comfortable in that role. You know, Adam, you know, as I think he wrote pretty well, cause never really was comfortable with that. You know, he, Adam's kind of more of a, you know, he's a, he's a, a tapeworm, you know, so to speak. I mean, he, 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 he grinds and, you know, inside closed doors and is trying to find ways, which is shocking to me that, you know, it's been so bad, you know, given the fact that he is such a grinder, uh, you know, with tape and, and, and whatnot and trying to figure out ways, you know, great plays to, that'll work because there were so few that did. But they really need to find somebody who's who's out front, uh, is in charge of the whole team. I and mean, we, we all saw that Adam pretty much let the offense go, I mean, the defense go, you know, and just let, you know, let Greg Williams, while he was here, be the quote-unquote head coach of the defense. I, I remembered asking, I think you on the same call, Kaz, um, when we were on with Kevin Stefanski if, about a week or so ago, asking him about that. I can't remember exactly what the context of the question was, but, you know, I think actually, you know, I asked him about that because, you know, he, he was obviously an offensive guy. He was pretty emphatic in saying, you know, I'm the, you know, I'm the head coach of the football team, not the head coach of the offense. And the Jets need to find that person, whomever that is. Whether it's whether it's 
Sala, whether it's Dayball, whether it's the enemy, if they go the coordinator route, you know, the college coaches are, you know, those are wild cards too. Do we really know, you know, how, you know, how good uh, Matt Campbell's going to be in the NFL? You know, he's 41 years old. I don't have the exact answer uh, and, 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 and I'm not here to endorse one particular person, but I will say, you know, that they need to find somebody who is going to be comfortable standing out front uh, of his team and, 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 and for his fan base and for the ownership as that, as the guy. Because obviously Joe Douglas is that guy. Joe Douglas, you know, I mean, I don't think the Jet fan could probably pick Joe Douglas out of a lineup. We've seen him so so little. You didn't mention what might have been your favorite game show host as a child, Wink Martindale, as an option. Are you a Wink Martindale yeah. guy? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I don't know a lot about Wink, but I mean, obviously, he's got the Joe Douglas ties, so you know, he's going to be an obvious candidate. Again, I mean, you know, I, I mean, you know, I don't know. I mean, is is this guy is he head coaching material? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just don't know. And then quarterback wise, we we were discussing a name that came up this week, where I didn't bring up on past shows. Matt Stafford, if the Lions were to move on from him. Does he intrigue you? And if not, who intrigues you as we look towards, you know, who this quarterback might be next year? Matt Stafford does intrigue me because for a couple of reasons, he's obviously got tremendous arm talent and, and has been, you know, nothing but a pro in Detroit with, with not a lot of good talent around him. He's still young enough in my opinion. So yeah, I, I would be intrigued. I, I think if of, of all the quote unquote veteran quarterbacks that might be available, you know, if you're talking about Jameis Winston or Cam Newton or, uh, or Mariota, I would say probably out of those, those veterans, Stafford would intrigue me the most Then probably Mariota. I, I, you know, I think we've seen enough of the turnover prone Jameis Winston. I, I don't, I wouldn't trust him with my franchise in his hands. Uh, and I think Cam Newton just doesn't have it anymore. I mean, obviously he played a very good game yesterday, but uh, I just think it's, it's, he's shown that he, he, you know, he's does he's not the same guy. So, yeah, if we're looking at veteran guys, I, I you know, I think that I think Stafford's an interesting name, no question. Jake didn't know who the original Wink Martindale was. Can I had to kind of had to educate him. Once I saw him the picture, I, I, I didn't know him by name, but I saw the picture. I've definitely seen him on the Game Show Network. So, so he was trying he was trying to figure out where the wink came from. Obviously, yes, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. So. I had, to, I had to tell him about Tic Tac Doe, uh, you know, a little bit in all these game shows. That, did he have that, a famous know. wink? Was his like, did he have like a sexy, seductive wink or something? I, I, I don't know where his name came from, Jake. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a tougher question. I don't know that. Crack research so. staff here. So obviously, Jake, not a not not a a card sharks uh, guy or or uh, or any of that kind of stuff. I'm a you huge know, a game, match game. I'm a huge game show fan. Like I I got picked to audition for Wheel of Fortune. I didn't make it through. It's on my bucket. Oh, it's on, that, that's an episode we got to talk. Yeah, it's Next, on, on yeah, my Alex, bucket write list. Write it yeah. down. Write it down, yeah. I, got I, was a big Bert, I was a big Burt Convy fan back in the day. I, I don't even know who that is. Burt Convy? <laughs> Tattletales. <laughs> wow, that is a throwback. I believe it was Tattletales. Oh, was that guy, yes. Yeah. See, I know some of these phases because you see clips over the years of these shows. I don't love the match game shows, but I love Wheel of Fortune. I love Jeopardy. Though this show, The Wall, that's out now, is has me captivated. So I love Price is Right. I mean, Price is Right coming to prime time was a major development. That's big. I still I still watch Price is Right sometimes. Let's make a deal. I think was the greatest of all time in my opinion. I mean, it's still there. I mean, Wayne Brady. I don't know if you watch yeah, it, but that sure. leads up. Yeah, I mean, great show. So we always end up talking about some random topic with Ken. Uh, thanks. Well, for- that's because that's because we don't want to talk about the Jets. Yeah, and because you're so well cultured. Yeah, I know. There's not much else to say. Um, well, Ken, uh, we'll see. I, obviously, it's so early. We, we don't know officially yet who the candidates are going to be. But uh, we'll be back here on the show talking with you when they do hire a head coach. And hopefully that's sometime this month. And the page has been turned on the Adam Gase chapter. 
the page of Minterna 2020. Happy New Year to you, Ken, and uh, thanks for always joining us here in Gangs All Here, and uh, enjoy your, I guess, off-season here. Same to you guys. We'll talk to you soon. That'll wrap up Season 2 and Episode 62, the Al Atkinson edition of Gangs All Here, our Jets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Alex Camerata for helping me out in producing the show all season long. Subscribe to Gangs All Here and catch up on all old episodes now on Apple Podcasts, where you can give us a five-star rating and write in a nice review. You can also find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon, wherever you get your podcast. For Brian Costello, I'm Jake Brown. We appreciate your support of the show all season long. It was rough, but we made it to the end. Now, we will return to you guys next whenever the next big Jets news hits. We expect that to potentially be a new head coach in the coming weeks. So whenever big Jets news hits, whenever a new head coach is hired, Kaz and I will be back in your headphones. Thanks for listening to Gangs All Here. Happy New Year, everyone. We'll talk to you all then. And as always... Stay safe. Gaze closed.